Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel. I'm VP and Executive Editor Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel Editorial Director <laughs> of Digital Media, Ben Morse. I remembered. <laughs> and we got a good one with us today, Ryan. Yeah. We are joined by... Paul Shear. How are you guys? I'm very excited to be in the Marvel inner sanctum. This is uh, very exciting and now more intimidated after hearing all of your titles. Right? The titles are, are really intimidating. So here. many words. We just throw <laughs> words upon words and let's see what happens. Well, I want to see your business cards. I feel like it will not fit on the, not on one line at least. They're <laughs> definitely like double lines. I think we say like VP instead of vice president. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. yeah we but do I, that. I always feel bad when we bring someone in and we're going to give them the tour but we have to rush to the room first so it's just like alright, don't look at that, don't look at that, don't look at that. Just I love get it. In there. it. It's better. It was like, it's like kind of like when you're on a ride at Disney World, you see, you're seeing stuff, but you know the ride is coming. Yeah. So right now it's just sort of like this is just part of the ride. We're just yeah. in the we're in the t- uh, House of Terror or whatever it is. This is indeed the House of Terror. Tower of Terror. I like that this becomes the House of Terror. Yeah. It's my favorite ride. Yeah. It's terrific. So and now you guys are making a comic book on the Tower of Terror, right? I imagine. You know what? We've been doing a lot of different rides. We just did the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. That's the most recent. I got to get in on writing that. Who should I talk to about that? Because I've written a handful of Marvel books. Like, yes, I, you are a member of the Marvel family. Officially. I have been shunned away from doing anything Star Wars related, even though I bagged and bagged and bagged. And you work with that editor. I know, I know. I think that, like, I did a thing for Star Wars, um, Disney uh, and Maker Studios, like, they're own, okay. you know, Disney owns everybody, mm-hmm. uh, and they were like, hey, we want you guys to make a Star Wars web series. I'm like, great. So I made this uh, Darth Vader talk show, and uh-huh. I was Darth Vader, and it was basically in the Emperor's throne room, and with a wood panel desk, and, like, Darth Vader, and just interviewing, like, one of Amidala's, like, courtesans and, <laughs> and, like, you know, interviewing, like, Wedge Antilles and stuff like that. And then we got the word back, like, Star Wars does not do comedy. So <laughs> those are frozen oh, wow. in Amber. I want to watch them. that. It was really yeah. great. And then apparently um, Bob Iger said, look, this is before the movie came out. He's like, the movie makes $650 million. We'll revisit it. Yeah. So we are in the process of revisiting it. Oh, okay, nice. See. But uh, well, maybe one time we'll have like a secret screening. But it's like the awesome. dumbest, funnest thing ever to do a big Star Wars talk. We rebuilt the Millennium Falcon. Uh, we had a Jawa cooking segment. A lot of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. No, uh, talking about you writing comics, you've written a handful for us before. Yes. Uh, how did that process start for you? Well, for me, I've always been a Marvel fan, and I think I've actually become more of a comic fan as I've grown as an adult. Like, as a mm. kid, I was reading X-Men. Like, I think X-Men was a very big thing for me, you know, and um, and then it just tapered off, and I think it was just because I was never near a comic book shop, like there was no comic, like the comic book shop that I was by became a CD store, hmm. and then that was it for me reading comics and none of my friends were reading comics, like I, I talked to a lot of uh, like my friends who like were playing like that D&D Marvel D&D game, which mm-hmm. sounds amazing, I would love to play <laughs> uh, but I never got, like they were, there was no Nobody around me to kind of geek out about. Sure. Uh, so then, when I got to college, I got more into like the Astro City, and I was kind of revisiting comics. And now, in the last five years, I've kind of gone full blown into into reading these books, and it's been great. So I've, I've definitely been like, I always dip my toe in, dip my toe in, and then I came back really hard in the last maybe like maybe even ten years actually. Yeah. yeah. 
you have so many projects, I imagine you're traveling a lot, right? Yeah, well, you know, I travel a little bit, you know, a lot for like short periods of time. You know, mm -hmm. New York is where I live forever, and now I live out in LA, but my family's here, so I come back a bunt and forth here, and I spend some time in like, in the last year, like I shot a movie in Mexico, and I shot a movie in <laughs> Canada, you know, um, but I have a little baby too, so I feel incredibly guilty when I'm away for too long, so I, I try to get back as much as I can possibly. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm thinking like that travel is actually super conducive to enjoying comics, oh. especially with the digital stuff that we It's do. amazing. I was just telling you guys before we started recording, like, I have that Marvel app, and I I will read everything there, and, I, and I'll tell you two reasons, and I'm not... <laughs> I'm not an embarrassed nerd, but I am someone <laughs> who feels way more confidence reading a comic book on an iPad on an airplane. Like I, like I think like bringing out like floppy issues yeah. uh, is just—it's a little bit too much for me. So I, I, I feel like I can hide my nerdiness just a little bit more <laughs> when I'm reading Howard the Duck on my Marvel app. Like I, I, I just am—I uh, feel just a little bit more more secretive. Like people can't look over my shoulder because I think whenever there's a large group of people, and obviously like a comic book films. Are not like the biggest thing in the world, and everything loves it. But there's still a little disdain that you get when you when you pop open a book, and uh, or at least I get like a look like, "How old are you?" And, yeah. I, feel, and I feel guilty about it. <laughs> I have no shame in wanting to read it. I just don't want to get the looks. Yeah. You mentioned Howard the Duck, and I gotta uh, thank you guys for uh, how did this get made? One of my favorite oh, shows. Yes. I listening to it, and yep. you know I've talked to you yep. many times about it. I know you turned uh, on to it. But there was a time when I had to sit and wait at the FedEx office uh -huh. for the truck that left my house and had a new computer for me. And I had oh, to wait wow. there for like three hours. So the Howard the Duck episode, I very distinctly remember listening to it, waiting in my car That's for like the, like the you know hour plus that it was on. It was great. Well, I'm so glad you like it. Howard the Duck to me has such a, a firm place in my psyche because like I grew up, again, like a Star Wars fan and I got this thing called Bantha Tracks and Bantha Tracks is like the George Lucas like newsletter. And it was before, you know, <laughs> so before like email blasts or anything like that, you know, Twitter, you would just get like this, if felt like a small newspaper. It was like four pages, like two folded and two folded inside. It was Bantha Tracks. And, you know, at a certain point, there was no real more, there was no Star Wars news. It was like, right. they did the three, and Bantha <laughs> Tracks was like, uh, what else? Uh, how to make a jacket like Han Solo. You know, like, just like trying bottom of the barrel stuff. And so one Bantha Tracks was all uh, like, to uh, Howard the Duck. It was all oh, like cool. special. I was like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be just like Star yeah. Wars. And <laughs> I never story. have been more let down <laughs> by any property ever. And then now, more redeemed, because I love that book. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I do. where do you guys feel about this? Because like, as a, as a Marvel fan, and, and everything I've been reading, like, I feel like you guys are at, as the films are kind of at this creative apex, I think that Civil War is the, the best one, and my, like, the best, the big one, like, you know, where it's like mixing and matching characters. I also feel like the books that you guys are doing are so, so good and kind of really varied, and you're able to kind of jump around into different things. It's yeah, like, do you, varied yeah. is the key, because we were just, we did our podcast earlier today, and we have to read every comic that comes out. I mean, someone's got to do it. We, yeah. we put out 30 um, books. 
this week. Literally wow. 30 so we comics. Put out 30 books this week, and it's ranging from we're saying, like, wow, Nighthawk is so amazing. This is very violent. This is very dark. This is very sinister. And then we have something like Patsy Walker Hellcat, which is drawn like an old anime cartoon. Yeah. Uh, it is it is a tremendous range. I think this is the greatest range of comics. Like, we have Western books. We have it, it. I think it's funny. If you go back to, like, the 50s, mm-hmm. this is how it was back then, where you had, like, the crime comics and the Western comics and the yeah. romance comics. I think this is the first time since that period that it's all happening again. Yeah, it's a, it's really fun as a reader, too, because I feel like there's a safety in trying out some stuff yeah. now, too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's sort of, uh, you can just kind of dip in and be like, all right, what's this about? Okay, and, and like it or like whatever. You have 30 books in a week, so you, yeah, I didn't like that one as much as yeah. I like this one, and that one's great, and that one's great. You know, can can kind of go back and forth with whatever you what you like. Yeah, and, totally. And I also feel like it's interesting now. We were talking about this a little bit before too. Like the knack of writing comics, and 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 I feel like we got better at it. I, the way I came about to write a Marvel book was mm. I had written my own book for a different like independent uh, publisher, mm. and then Jerry Duggan, who writes Deadpool, was like, "Hey, do you want to write our Deadpool biannual?" And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I was <laughs> love what him and Posehn were doing with Deadpool. It was so awesome. And that was, like, such a treat to kind of be able to play in those waters, which were already so kind of, like, perfectly done, and the tone was so kind of there. Um, but, uh, well, oh, wait, I just totally lost my train of thought. I went off, and then I just forgot what I was going to say. Uh, oh, so, but it was interesting because it seems so kind of effortless. Like, everybody, like, whenever you, you kind of get into a book, but it's, there's so much kind of work that you have to do to make it feel that effortless. And I think that that's the thing now, like, in reading books, I do have more of an appreciation for, especially, like, first two issues. It's sort of like, you know, it's like, all right, what's happening? All right, I, I'm, I'm kind of into it. I kind of like it. So I've now give books a little bit more slack than I used to give books. I think right? now can be on the other side of it. Because you do have to lay down a lot of groundwork. And even in writing, I did a Guardians team-up, and writing that with Ant-Man and Drax, like, again, you're starting from scratch because you have to kind of jump in with a brand-new story, give enough of a backstory to kind of make it all... You know, it's a, it's a lot to kind of get done. So it's Limited space. It, it's yeah. a lot of limited space, and you want to make it... You don't want to make everything so dialogue-based. You want to show some action panels, and you want... Like, it's... it's uh, it's been giving me a huge new appreciation for everybody's stuff. Yeah, the two things. One, that because comics come out relatively infrequently compared to, a, say, a TV show, you have one a month for the right. most part. Every comic could be someone's first comic or first issue of that. So that's a whole challenge in and of itself yeah. that you guys as writers have to figure out how to overcome. You're basically introducing... It's kind of like the idea of like what I guess a soap opera would be because you're never yeah. going to go back and binge a soap opera. Yeah, like you you gotta, so you just have to jump in and be like, okay, I'm gonna, it has to make enough sense that I get the general premise of it and then I can kind of move yeah. forward. You've never heard it compared to a soap opera before, but that's really... But I mean, it is. It's true. It's, you know, it's like there's yeah. so much. You're never going to be able... I mean, you could start from the first Spider-Man yeah. to now, but... God help you. I mean, that would be a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. And then, and which books are you going to be following through, and yeah. and everything like that. But yeah, it's um, it, it's been so fun uh, lately for me to be reading these books. They've yeah. been so great. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking about, and just talking about the diversity of our line, is that I can't I can't think of another time in comics, especially mainstream comics, where comedy books are yeah. so commercially Wonderful, viable yeah. and 
critically loved. Like you, you talk about Howard the Duck, but we also have Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yeah. A book like Hellcat. I mean, just a Deadpool, which straddles that line yeah. every month from like horrifying, upsetting yeah. drama to dra- laugh out loud funny stuff. It's, it's wild. well, that has been really fun for me because like that is something where. I felt like, oh, we could kind of go off and do this, you know, and, and I think uh, like Ant-Man has been really funny, too. You know, there's so much, um, you know, it it's just great. It allows that. And I think that that was in the spirit of what books were like. I think, you know, obviously, I think there's always uh, changes in books like, you know, what's the new? What's the thing? Is it gritty? Is it this? Is that? And I feel like right now it's like, like we we're saying the most balanced where you get like, yeah. oh, yeah, there were there these books. I mean, when I was reading Spider-Man as like a kid, like a real kid, like they were funny and they were cool and they were you know and and, and I think you're seeing that in the Marvel movies and you know not to throw uh, not to throw dirt at like this another movie that stinks but like that, but Batman <laughs> and Superman Let's and that all but that whole DC universe is the issue that I'm I have with them as a film is that there is no there's no lightness to it there's no fun to it and you know and I think that they you know, uh, you know, I'm not a big DC reader. Like that's not my like. I will read like one or two books over there, but um, but there is no like fun, and I think that that's like the Marvel always has that. I think, and, and it has it in spades, and you can still have incredibly dramatic moments. Like Civil War pulls off these like really emotionally like dense moments, yep. but then has like, I think one of the like some of the funniest sequences. And you know, in, the, in recent memory, it's really great. Yeah, I always use the word charm. I say our movies yeah. have a charm to them. Like they, they, they want you to like them. Yes, they're, work, they're working towards that. That's yeah, what like they should be. And I feel like that's what comics are, and that's why they're fun. And they're 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 supposed to be at a certain level. I think, not like. Um, Disposable is the wrong word, but there should be like a they should be like this popcorn. Like I'm here, I'm having a good time, and that was my you know. And then some will you know go on this journey that's amazing. But um, why am I forgetting? I'm really terrible with names. But like, is it the uh, what what where all the, like the bad bad guys of Spider-Man team up like that? Um, the mysterious foes? Is it the uh, oh, superior, superior foes? foes? That's like one of my favorite uh, books. Like, I just I, I just got turned on to that recently and there's like and that's like such a great kind of melding of so much yeah, great stuff and that's by Nick who does Ant-Man exactly yeah and you know something we've noticed is he's writing Captain America and he's finding very genuine and natural ways to inject those levels of humor right. into a book like Captain America which is you know he's Captain America he's like I'm gonna punch you know Nazis yeah. and like there's all this other stuff but it's funny too but you know but I think you can do that because when you look at Hawkeye when Fraction took over Hawkeye like it's like oh oh like uh, this is this can be really good like I've also like was a big fan like I never was a big Thor fan until Jason Aaron took over mm. Thor and I was like oh like and I don't know what it is about those writers but they 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 took these characters that I feel like aren't always associated as kind of being I don't know for at least me my point of view like oh they're not as well like like they're not my go-to characters they're these side characters and like Hawkeye all of a sudden became like whoa I can't wait to read more Hawkeye (laughs) and like Nick Spencer I think you know the Captain America in the films has uh, it's loose there's jokes in it you know obviously serious whatever but I love that I love that mix and I think when you have that 
it makes the dram- the dramatic moments kind of pay off even more because you're more invested, oddly. It's not like, you're not just like, oh, this is a tough one, you know? Um, <laughs> but I, I really love Jason Aaron's Thor so much, too. Like, that really got me back into that character. It's pound for pound one of the best comics the last few years, easily. Yeah. yeah. Are you reading Doctor Strange? I am. I read Doctor Strange, and, you know, Doctor Strange was, uh, like, a thing that... And again, I like I read like the first four, like four, I think, and I, and it was one that it's it's a denser it's a denser book for sure. And I'm like, and so I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I really like the world a lot, and I, and so um, I have to just go back to my iPad and continue reading. But I just like did like four in a row, just yeah. like, kind of like powered through them. I think one of the smart things that they're doing is diving right into the world. But then what they're doing now is they've wiped it. They're almost wiping it clean, it seems like. Like, just firestorm. Magic is being destroyed. And now, as a reader, you can get in on the ground floor and fully understand how they're establishing what's going on. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. I remember, like, one of the images, uh, and again, again, I'm terrible with names, and I feel like that makes me, like, a bad fan. But I'm always, like, I need to describe images. (laughs) But I love that uh, when they bring, you know, they show all the... All the monks that are basically being sapped for his like yeah. ma- like like yeah. that that image of all those like dead diamonds was like so like it was great it's and it's a really fun book and I got interested you know sometimes I'm a bad comic fan in the sense that I get interested I'm like oh well Doctor Strange is coming I want to kind of get a little bit more in on that but I did read some old Doctor Strange too. Um, like a, a big like trade at one point, you know. So it's like I just kind of now dance around a lot because you can mm-hmm. kind of easily do that or let like a couple build up and then kind of run through them, which has been really fun. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned earlier, how did this get made? Podcast. Yes. What you've been doing that for? What? How many years now? You know, we've been doing it for 134 episodes, but probably. Gosh, a handful of years. I don't even know. Like, it doesn't, I don't, like, we, 134 episodes, probably we do two a month, uh, plus the mini episodes. So it, I don't know. It's a lot, it's uh, a like lot of years. A lot of years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's five or six years. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was like episode 100 or something. You guys were joking how it, yeah. it didn't make sense. Yeah, we've how done you... so few, even though we've, <laughs> though we, yeah, even though we've been doing it for so long. Yeah, yeah. that's been super fun for us because it's uh, Jason Manzukis who also wrote a, a Marvel one in the yeah. collection of the Deadpool. Yep. Uh, and then June Diane Raphael, who is um, just a really funny actress. She's on Grace and Frankie, and she's also my wife. Um, uh, but we all kind of get together, and it's just based on us talking about these crappy movies. And, uh, and maybe a good entry point for uh, fans of this podcast might be the Green Lantern episode mm-hmm. uh, with Paul Rust from the Netflix show Love. We just kind of went to be like, that was a perfect example, again, of, and this is like, I, I describe this all the time, like, there's like a four quadrant movie where it's like, okay, this is good for old people and young people and women and men and, you know, and kids. And, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's, they're trying to accomplish so many things at once. And I feel like that's like the death of all good stuff. Yeah. It's like, you got to be like, this is what it is and this is how we're going for it. And, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, like Green Lantern was like, you know, it's whenever you see someone skateboarding or surfing in a movie, That's like a you indication. know, like, you're like all right, all right, some some like fifty seven year old guy's like, my kid likes to surf, put a surf scene in there, you know, and it's like, you know, so it's like it's always it's always a clear indication that something has gone awfully wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so. Um, and the one book that I've been really excited about, like we were just talking about that now, like it's I think this. They're not an unforgiving, but it just gets you right in. Is Black Panther is the same way. It's a sort of like, 
you're in like and like that was Black Panther. I will gladly go. I have, n- I know very little like about Black Panther. I love Tennessee Coates. Like I read his stuff and I think his stuff is great. I you know love Black Panther and Civil War. I read it before I saw Civil War, but it was like that was something that's like unafraid to be like here we go get yep. get in and you'll figure it out. And I think that that's the cool thing about Marvel too. It's like and if you your fans trust you and you trust your fans, they give like three or four books to kind of like allow that process to kind of unfold and, yeah. and then you can kind of look back on it. Yeah, we're, um, we'll set you up with Marvel Unlimited after all this yeah. and I, I suggest you read uh, Christopher Pri- Christopher Priest's okay. Black oh, Panther yeah. one. Oh, really? Because that, that is stuff. a lot of just like it has influenced so much. Yeah. Um, especially if you're into the movie and the character yeah, yeah. and everything right now. And it's great. It's just great storytelling. Oh, I can't great wait. Comedy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's super fun. Uh, what else you got going? What other big projects? Uh, the big thing that I have going on right now is kind of a weird small thing, but it's um, this new show called Filthy Preppy Teens. And Filthy like Preppy it. Teens. I like it. Yeah, it was originally called Filthy Sexy Teens, but we found that if you Google that, everything but our show yeah. show oh. that. You get buried on that one. Yeah, so Filthy Preppy Teens is basically uh, in the vein of what we were doing on Children's Hospital and then TSF and Burning Love, kind of poking fun at all these like Teen Wolf and Pretty Little Liars and you know Gossip Girl and all that sort of stuff. So it is a new show on this app called Full Screen, and Full Screen is kind of like a new Netflix. Um, I they probably don't want me to say it, but I'll say it like this: a Netflix for millennials. It's like it's a younger cooler Netflix um, whenever you're watching a show at one point you can hit the screen and make a gif right there and write huh, on it which whoa. I'm like I oh want this God. for everything it's like you could <laughs> that just, changes the it, game it yeah. so does it's amazing and uh, so our show basically is about these two teens who were on a boating excursion they got stranded on a desert island they uh, they finally come back they're unpopular and now they have to regain their, their path to glory <laughs> he is in the process of becoming a superhero called the boom he's learned how to use his boomerang uh, and <laughs> And instead of a teen wolf, we have a teen leprechaun. Oh we have God. this one girl who's become super popular, but she's in a coma. She never moves. She never <laughs> says anything. She's wheeled around in a hospital bed. So it's like, it's that level of stuff. And you have people that you might see from Kimmy Schmidt and actual teen wolf and the new Fox <laughs> show, The Exorcist. So it's a fun thing. And Scott Wolf plays the dad. So it's uh, oh. it's really fun. And you can get a month of it for free on the full screen app and check it out. I think there's like five or six episodes up. So you can just binge them now and you can continue if you like it. And if not, don't worry about it. I- Oh, when I listen to you guys plug stuff at yeah. the end of How Did This Get yeah. Made, I'm like, I don't know how you guys live and have time right. for everything. You know, I, I always, to me, it's it's interesting. It's like, and I put the Marvel book in this way, too. Like, the one thing that they've been very nice to offer me and my partner, Nick Giovanetti, who writes here, like, they're like, oh, could do a series. That is always, like, daunting to me because mm-hmm. that is, it goes, it's a, it's a time-intensive process. And I think what I have tried to do is do this thing where... You do things, you work really hard for a short period of time, and you can go do something else. Like, you know, and, and like with Filthy Preppy Teens, we had $1 million total to make eight half hour episodes, and we shot those eight half hours in 11 days. So, like, if that could do any, con- <laughs> like any conception of what that is, like, most shows shoot for under a million dollars yeah. for one episode, yeah. and most shows take five days at least to shoot. So, we were doing it in this incredibly crammed in time. But the benefit, even though that makes you want to, like, go like ah I can't take it like you uh, you're done and then you get the old edit and like sometimes you know with when you like so I think that's the benefit of it we don't have like a, a we're like freelancers we're just like jumping from one thing you work for 11 days and you go to something else and, you know the league when I was doing the league it was like three months so it's like alright great and then I have time to go do something else and go do a movie and then like and you know and you shoot a couple scenes in a movie 
you're there for maybe like a week or two weeks. Like, you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, it's like, I'm not like the lead of a movie where you may go away for like four months, right. you know, or something like that. So there are these like, you know, you can kind of cram it all in. And I mean, it, it's tough, but it's also really fun, you know, and, uh, you know, the, like speaking to the Marvel book, the Marvel book is, it's intense because not only do you have to write it, then you're getting notes from your editor and you're kind of going past that and doing all that sort of stuff. And then uh, and then you're looking at art and then you're readjusting based on the art and you're looking at coloring and you're, and you're looking at the same thing about eight times. And it's kind of like what you do in, um, in, in everything else, in making TV or making movies, but it's way more intensive. It's, and and uh, and so I, 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 my hats are off to the guys and, and women who write like, four or five books mm-hmm. like I'm like how can you ever keep on track with this yeah. like I like and it's ma- mainly like every time I have like lunch with Jerry he's just like I, I gotta go I gotta go back, I gotta go back. <laughs> uh, you wanna hear something crazy Tanahasi yeah. Coates wrote yeah. all he wrote the first 11 issues before the first issue came out that's what Black I Panther. heard and I, that, like, I think that that's actually really cool because it's sort of like he saw where he was going and able to readjust. Yeah. We did a similar thing on the book that I wrote, uh, this book, Alien vs. Parker, um, which was actually really helpful because then you can go backwards and be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. You need to do this. And I also see that different people write different stuff. I think, like, well, whoever slipped me there first, like, this is how you write comic books. Like, I, I mean, and I don't know how he does it. Like, I just, we write a lot of stage description, too. Right. Like, so it looked, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, every panel you're seeing what goes on. Then I look at other people's panel, like like scripts, and it's you know, it's a, there's a lot more of a relationship with uh, the artist. You know, like we work with uh, Sean Crystal, who I think oh, is man. awesome. <laughs> and Sean actually just designed all the artwork for my new animated show on Adult Swim, and he's <laughs> you know, the, just my new uh, animated show on Adult Swim. <laughs> but he, but he, like he was amazing. Like we yeah. brought him in. He designed the hell out of these characters. I'm so excited. Like, and hopefully we'll get to make more of them. It's just a pilot right now. We're going to be testing it in a couple weeks. But he killed it. So like, that was like a great relationship. And then, but we had like a, a shared language, and that's like, and once you kind of have that, like, I think that's the one thing that like sounds like really fun to me. Like to be working with somebody where you know, like, oh, they're going to draw what I'm thinking, yeah. and, and you, and yeah. they're going to bring something to it. Like Sean brought so much to our Guardians team up. I was like, this is so cool because it just makes you look better. You know, it's like it's someone that just saying, oh yeah, I can do this, but I can make this better. And the, and the editors too. It's like you know, it's like working with these amazing editors here at Marvel. It's just like everybody is here to make you better than you are. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we wrap up, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about them before the sh- we started recording, but. We have a great connection in Jesse Falcon. Yes. Jesse Falcon is, for those listening, the creator of Marvel Legends. He created the line of Marvel Legends figures that has been going on now for, gosh, it's got to be like 15, 16 years. He's been a part of the Marvel family for forever. Well, and now I I hope I'm not speaking out of school about Jesse, but I know two things about him. Uh, I know many things, but only two that are good for (laughs) podcast consumption. Um, He also is the inventor of the Hulk hands, right? Yep. So the Hulk hands that you put on your hands, the foam ones, boom, and you crash. The, like they, I, I'm from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, comedy theater in LA and New York, and those he goes like, check these out, guys. And those Hulk hands were existed in our theater space for years. And he did something on those Marvel Legends figures. One of the coolest things, one, is that um, Nick Fury is actually a his face is kind of Ian Roberts' face, or back at least back then he used Ian Roberts as like a model. And Ian Roberts is uh, one of the head creators of Key and Peele, and also just a great comedian uh, actor member of the UCB. And 
I believe on the Doctor Dooms, he used our good friend Andy Secundo, who's a huge Fantastic Four nerd and uh, and loves it so much that there was a bunch of like uh, metallic faces when you took off Doctor Doom's face. So there's a bunch of robot, you know, the robot Doctor Dooms. But then whenever you saw the real face, it was my friend Andy's face with a scar down the face. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that's it was awesome. like that'd be like the best way to be like cemented yeah. in like um, in actually like a Marvel character. Yeah. So great. But and Jesse's done some stuff. Uh, he was on How Did This Get Made? He was. He did the Batman and Robin episode. Yeah, uh, yeah he that. was. Yeah, he yeah. was great. He was really yeah. funny in it. Uh, we were not. We were down Jason and June, so it was a very special, <laughs> different episode to have only uh, to have just Jesse on there. But yeah, Jesse. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. What else? And uh, I think he was also in Children's Hospital. Oh yeah, well. Jesse's I been in Children's that. Hospital is Dr. Falcon and uh, yeah <laughs> that's a stretch yeah, I know yeah exactly he's great uh, Jesse is like well, yeah he I mean he have you ever had him on this podcast you know we never he get never him has. to sit down in time he usually when he's here in the office it's just like he's he always says around. he will and then isn't there the next we gotta, time we gotta okay. put him down next time yeah cause I mean I feel like his yeah I mean yeah he would be great on the podcast yeah. so shout out to Jesse shout out to everything you guys you and, and yeah. everyone you work with is well, doing. thank you so much for bringing me into the inner sanctum here yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, you haven't seen anything yet. I know, I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Paul. Oh, where can fans find you online? Oh, uh, very easy. Just at Paul Shear, S C H E E R. You can do that on Twitter. You can do that on every everything really it's like just at Paul Shear it's I don't have anything I'm not like you know bag of donuts at, you know, I'm, not, I'm not that guy bag so of donuts is going to get a bunch yeah. of new followers after this <laughs> congratulations for bag of donuts yeah. alright this is Marvel your universe